Today, we're walking through John chapter 14, verse 8. And it reads, Herein is my Father glorified, that you may bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have and who you are. Your love and Lord, you, you share the love with us in our hearts and for one another. And Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy. And Lord, we thank you for the love that you continue to share among your people, God. And Lord, you are a, you're just good. You're just good. Lord, you're good to the just and you're good to the unjust. And it's all for your glory, Heavenly Father. Grace us, Heavenly Father, to seek to glorify you, God. Even during this time, let your word go forth and fall on good ground. Lord, grace us by your spirit to cultivate our hearts. Show us how to remove the thorns, Lord God, and the other things that distract us from you. Lord, if it be possible... Show us, Lord God, how to increase the depth of our ground, Lord God, that your word may fall on good ground. Lord, if it be possible, show us, Heavenly Father, how not to allow your word to go by the wayside. Lord, with man it's impossible, but with you all things are possible. Lord, our hearts are in your hands. Have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Man, he's worthy to be praised. God loves his people, amen? God has always loved his people. And as we look in John chapter 15, we see that Christ, we see that Jesus, we see that the Son of God, we see that the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, God himself, Jesus Christ, the son, he's still loving the disciples. In the midst of a whole bunch of fear that they're feeling and doubt that they're feeling and uncertainty that they're feeling and Jesus is about to do something that he had never done, about to experience something that he'd never done. Has anybody ever got in trouble for something that you didn't do? How does that make you feel? Now, of course, as far as getting away with stuff, you could take an extra spanking or extra punishment because you have done things that you got away with. And that's okay. We don't mind that. We don't mind getting away with stuff that we've done. You know, nobody saw it and we didn't get in trouble. That's okay. But man, don't blame me for something I ain't do. Don't, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do that. You may have lied a hundred times prior, but this time you didn't lie. So you want justice because this time I didn't lie. No, I'm not going to confess the other times. I ain't worried about the other times I got away with. They ain't got nothing to do with this. I didn't do it this time. You wrong. But look at Jesus. Jesus is about to suffer. He's about to be bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of us is about to be upon him. He knows where he's headed to the cross. 
and the disciples are doubtful right now, they're fearful right now, and he's encouraging them. But think about it. When you have doubt and when you have fear and you have uncertainty, just the word alone in that moment might not be enough for you. Sometimes it takes the word to merit, you need meritate and sit in it and, and allow it to transform your heart and allow it to transport you from fear and doubt to peace and joy. But Jesus is giving them what they need. And not just them. These things are written for us. We're able to see what they're experiencing. We're able to see what they're going through in the Gospels. Do we see these different perspectives? Matthew's perspective. Mark's perspective. Luke's perspective and John's perspective. And it's all written so that we might believe and trust in the Lord. So here we have the disciples just experiencing troubles in their heart, being doubtful, being fearful, not knowing what to expect, trying to trust Jesus, trying to hold on to his words in this moment. But I could imagine how difficult it is to trust God even when you got the word. How difficult sometimes is it to trust God even when you got Jesus right there with you on the boat? It's still difficult sometimes. But he's encouraging them and he's talking to them in this moment. And we're looking at uh, verse 1, 15 and 1. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the husband. Every branch of me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bear fruit, he purged it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And he's explaining to them, now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. You're safe in me. Trust in me. You're okay in me. All is well within me. Though you feel doubt, though you feel fear, though you have uncertainty, though we go through these times and we're confused sometimes, abide in me. You're safe in me. And let my word abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except the divine and the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. And then verse 5 he says, I'm the true vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and on him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather him and cast him into the fire and they are burnt. But if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall know you should ask what you will, and it should be done unto you. Now, here we are in verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As we walk through this verse, there are going to be three points that we're addressing. Number one, it's about glorifying the Father. It's not about us getting our way. It's about glorifying the Father. It's not about our kingdom and our agenda and our goals. It's about glorifying the Father. Number one, it's about glorifying the Father. Number two, it's about bearing much fruit. And number three, it's about being Christ's disciples. So herein is the Father glorified. Look at what God has done from the foundation of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why did he do that? For his glory. And then when we sinned in the Garden of Eden, he restored us. 
He did that for his glory. <clears throat> and then God called out a people through Abraham and set them apart. He did that for his glory. And they got into bondage in Egypt. And God delivered them for his glory. And on and on, as we look through the scriptures, we see that all these things that God is doing for his glory. The Bible says that we are not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Yes, God loves us, but God loves for us does not supersede his glory. Yes, God will make a way. God can work miracles. He's all powerful. We have to remember, though, but his agenda is his glory. It's not that we're so sweet and we're so good and we're so special. No, he set his affection upon us for his glory. So even in the midst of your storm, even in the midst of your trial, God is working this out for his glory. Maybe it's been a while since you received a phone call. Maybe it's been a while since you got a visit. Maybe it seems like People have forgotten about you. We need to remember that God is allowing these things to happen for his glory. When you're feeling alone and you're feeling abandoned, how could that glorify God? We are learning in the midst of the trial of abandonment, in the midst of the trial of loneliness, in the midst of a trial of being ostracized. We're learning to trust in God. We're learning that he is enough. And we learn that he is enough so that we can learn how to glorify him. Christ is enough. God is enough. But maybe he's not enough. Maybe he hadn't been enough for you. Maybe the word of God hadn't been enough for you. Maybe you failed to glorify. If we're not careful, we fail to magnify the Lord. The scripture says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Sometimes we magnify fear bigger than God. Sometimes we magnify doubt the bigger than God. Sometimes we magnify loneliness and make it bigger than God. Sometimes we magnify isolation and make it bigger than God. No. Magnify the Lord in the midst of your fear. Magnify the Lord in the midst of your doubt. Magnify the Lord in the midst of your certainty. They had an opportunity in this moment to magnify fear. They had an opportunity to magnify doubt. They had an opportunity to magnify all the troubling that they were experiencing. But Jesus was telling them, no, no, you believe, believe in God, believe in me. No, no, let not your heart be troubled. No, don't magnify your fear. Don't magnify your troubled heart. But trust in me. And why in the world, if God loved them so much, why in the world would God put them through these things? Why would he allow them to experience these things? Even you, the isolation you feel, the loneliness you feel, like you've been discarded, like you're nothing. When you've loved these people and you've cared for these people and you've sacrificed for these people, the Bible says, stick and not strange. When you fall into divers trials and temptation, knowing that the trial of our faith is producing patience, God is being glorified as we trust in Christ through repentance and belief.
God's will is being done in our hearts. The author and the finisher of our faith is producing in us his own image for his glory. Hallelujah. And so all these things that the disciples were experiencing and all these things that they were going through, it wasn't just to go through it, but it was for his glory. Amen. Even Jesus Christ, he's about to be wounded for their transgressions. He's about to be bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him and by his stripes will be healed. Why? That the Father may be glorified. So number one, it's about God's glory. But if we're not careful, we become selfish and think it's about us. If we're not careful, we become selfish and think it's about our will. We pray because we want what we want. And we sing songs and we, we read the word because we're trying to extract our purposes and our goals. But it's not about us. It's for his glory. Amen? Amen. But sometimes we forget that. And when we forget that, fear comes in because I'm not getting my way. When we forget that, doubt comes in because I'm not getting my way. Let's remember that it's for his glory. Part two, that you may bear much fruit. The Lord did not save us just so that we could be saved. The Lord wants us to cultivate the gifts that he's given us. The Lord wants us to give those gifts and those talents and abilities back to him. He wants us to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants us to be closer to him today than we were yesterday. He wants us to exhibit and mature in the love. That he's put in our hearts. He wants us to grow and mature in the joy. He wants us to increase in the peace. And he wants us to be a peacemaker. And help others increase in their love. To provoke one another to good works. And to love one another. God is not doing what he's doing in our life. Just so we can have it. God gives us an abundance of love. That it may flow through us. To those around us. He gives us an abundance of peace. Then it will come and reside within us. And flow through us. The fruits of the spirit are not just for us. But it's for those around us. And God wants us to bear much fruit. What hinders us bearing much fruit? When we allow the things of the world to distract us, it hinders our ability to bear fruit because we can only hold so much. We can only bear so much. We're bearing worry. We're bearing doubt. If we're bearing the things of this world, where can we bear the fruit? You only got so much on the plate. You only have two hands. We only have so much that we can bear. The Lord wants us to bear his fruit. The Lord wants us to abide in him and allow his word to abide in us and realize it's for his glory that we may bear much fruit. That is how God is glorified, as we bear much fruit. There was one time Jesus told the disciples, oh, ye of little faith. Why? Because they were bearing fear and they were bearing doubt. And they were allowing their hearts to be troubled in that moment. And so he said, ye have little faith. Why? Because you can only hold so much. 
God wants us to mature in faith. God wants us to mature in the attributes of him. And that's done through repentance and belief and trust in Christ. That's done through abiding in him and allowing his word to abide in us. Walking in the spirit. In other words, walking by the spirit. Setting our affections on things above. Praise the Lord. So number one, we realize that it's for God's glory. And for two, God wants us to bear much fruit. That's the whole reason that God created man. That we would glorify him and glorify him by bearing much fruit. He told him, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth for his glory. And that's what he's wanting now. He wanted you and I, as we're replenished, as we're sanctified, as we're mature, to go out and spread the gospel, to go out and be sought in light, to go out and represent him well. So number one, glorifying God. Number two, bearing much fruit. And three, being his disciples. Being those who look exactly like Jesus. You've often heard people say when they're mad or frustrated and they're giving counsel and how they should handle it, According to the Bible, you know what they'll say? What we'll say sometimes? Well, I ain't Jesus. But we're called to be like him. As followers of Jesus Christ, trusting in Jesus through repentance and belief, we're called to be as Jesus. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is one who learns from their discipler, who learns from their teacher. They learn how to walk through life. They learn how to handle situations. They learn how to go in and come out. They learn what to say. Jesus Christ, we should be mirror images of Jesus Christ. That's what God has called us to, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. How would Jesus handle this situation? How would Jesus handle doubt? How would Jesus handle fear? How would Jesus handle temptations? How would Jesus handle being talked about? How would Jesus handle being lied on? How would Jesus handle at a crossroads? Don't you know Jesus at a crossroads too? And everywhere that we are, he was tempted, yet without sin. What's your crossroad today? What's on your left hand or what's on your right hand today? What are you tempted to do that doesn't glorify God? Are you tempted to be miserable and complain as opposed to give God the glory and rejoice? Are you tempted to allow fear to grip you and hold you back as opposed to walking in God's love, which casts out fear? What are you tempted to today? Are you tempted to give yourself over to loneliness and depression? Are you tempted to give yourself over to discouragement or have the joy of the Lord? What's your crossroad today? It's time God has called us to be like Jesus. Amen. The Bible says, be ye imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. But you don't know, all these years, I've been there for them. All these years, I've cared for them. All these years, I've sacrificed for them. And they ain't called me in a week. All these years, I did what I had to do for them. And they don't even come see me. 
Forgive. Be like Jesus. You don't know, Shy. You don't understand. I'm hurting. I was there for them. I care for them. And they've just discarded me. With man, it's impossible to love those who are unlovable. But with God, all things are possible. With man, it's impossible to forgive. But with God, all things are possible. Let's cast our cares upon the Lord, amen? Because he cares for us. And let's remember that one, as we go through this passage, it's about God's glory. Two, God wants us to bear much fruit. And three, so shall we be his disciples. Those of us who've trusted in Christ, who are trusting in Christ to repentance and belief, it's time to cry out to God. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing doubt to control me. I'm sorry that I've given myself over to complaining and I've given myself over to discouragement and I've given myself over to the, the, the feeling of loneliness and fear and doubt. Lord, forgive me. It's, it's about your glory. You allow me to experience these things that my faith may be tried, that I may be strong in you and in the power of your might. You allow me to experience these things so I can have my weakness, God, so that I can call upon you in the midst of my weakness and you be my strength, Heavenly Father. Amen. Hallelujah. It's for your glory. Grace me to bear much fruit. But see, those of us who aren't trusting in Christ through repentance and belief, those of us who are walking in our own ways and walking in the ways of this world, those of us who are not trusting in Jesus Christ, not trusting in this birth, death, and resurrection, not allowing him to take our sins, not allowing him to bear our sins, and not trusting him through repentance and belief, a changed life that's pointed to a God and the word of God, this doesn't apply to us. The only thing we have to look forward to is eternal separation from God right now. Because we are currently enemies of God. And we need to be saved from God because if we're not saved from God, the wrath of God is going to consume us because we don't know Jesus Christ in the repentance and belief. People talk about you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone has a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know why? Because through him and for him and by him, all things exist. He's our creator. That is our relationship with him. But the question is, do you have a relationship with Christ through repentance and belief? That's the question. Because Jesus Christ has a relationship with everything on this earth. He's the creator. He's the sustainer. It's not about relationship. It's about what is your relationship are you just a created being? Are you just a creature? Or are you a new creature in Christ because you're walking in repentance of your sins with the act of your will, by the act of your will, you're repenting of your sins and you're trusting in Christ through repentance and belief. If this is you today, you can cry out to God to save you. And he said, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Jesus is the answer. For those of us who know him, let's continue to seek him with all of our hearts. Amen? Let's not allow doubt, fear, discouragement, loneliness, depression. Let's not allow these things to grip our hearts. 
Because if we do, it's going to prevent us from bearing much fruit. It's going to prevent us from walking as disciples and God will not be glorified like he could. It's about God being glorified, amen? It's about us bearing much fruit. And this is about us being his disciples. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We thank you for what you're doing in our... Lord, we just thank you, hallelujah. Thank you for the conviction of your Holy Spirit that comes upon your people when they're wrong. Thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit that tells us, no, get that out of your life. Get that fear out, that doubt out. That uncertainty, that sin. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Grace us, Heavenly Father, to yield to the Holy Spirit that you may be glorified. Yield to the Holy Spirit that we may bear much fruit. Yield to the Holy Spirit that we may be your disciples indeed. And Lord, those of us who are ignoring your call, those of us who may be hardening our hearts, grace us to see our need for you. Grace us to see the love and kindness that you've shown us throughout the years and grace us to turn away from our sin and trust in you through repentance and belief, Heavenly Father. With man it's impossible, but God, with you all things are possible. Let your joy and let your peace and let your love flow to and through your people, God. Those who trust in you through repentance and belief, grace us to rejoice in you. And again, rejoice that we would let this be known unto all men that you're at hand. Gracious Heavenly Father, to live out the gospel and preach the gospel, Heavenly Father. Because the gospel is to be lived and is to be preached. Gracious Heavenly Father, to realize that it's not about us, but it's about your glory. Gracious Heavenly Father, to realize that it's about bearing much fruit for your glory and being your disciples for your glory. Gracious to walk in these things. Gracious to mature in these things. And as we're facing different trials and temptations, gracious Heavenly Father, to realize that it's for your glory. Gracious to remember that we're bearing fruit for you. And gracious to remember, Heavenly Father, that we're your disciples. Encourage our hearts today, even with your words. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good.